Hi, I'm Hannah. Hi, I'm Rochelle. And welcome to Box Box F1 Pod. We're back and we're so excited for the season to start. First up is Bahrain. Uh, so we're going to prep. So without further ado, it's time for our digital warm up. Do to do. Lap one off track happenings. Lando went to the Brits, which is like an award show, with his Portuguese girlfriend, Luisa. Yes, she also made her paddock debut. And uh, Lewis Hamilton was at Paris Fashion Week, of course. And excitingly, he was sat next to Zandea at the Valentina show, or sorry, Valentino show. On social media, he posted the photo of them sitting together. And he said, thanks for having me, Mason Valentino, and sitting me next to Z. Asked her if I could be on season three. Those euphoria kids need a teacher for real. (laughs) I love that he watched euphoria. Me too. And that he said that. Um, that That's hilarious. It was funny in the photos and videos of them. Lewis looked so like fangirly next to her. (laughs) Although Lewis missed the hot pink memo. The whole show was pink and Zendaya was pink, but Lewis was black (laughs) in black. (laughs) (laughs) All right. Okay. The next thing that I think is hilarious. So we had the Autosport Awards um, a couple months ago, beginning of the year. And um, not everyone showed up, but quite a few people showed up, including the principals. And um, (laughs) there was an auction and Christian Horner bid over $5,000 for a tour of the Mercedes factory. And he won. (laughs) He is the king of trolls. He thinks it's hilarious. And Toto's not amused at all. (laughs) Yeah, I can visualize Toto just shaking his head, pinching his eyebrows together. (laughs) Like, why do I have to deal with this hell of a man? (laughs) Yeah, he's like, this is like a child that won't leave me alone. Um, I think it's fucking hilarious. I love that level of petty. Um, Um, Yeah. Just recently in the past week, Daniel Ricardo tested positive for COVID, but he only has to be quarantined for like seven days. So he should be out by this Friday. And if he tests negative, he'll be able to compete in Bahrain. But if not, then they're going to scramble. There's videos of him hugging Lando and hugging Zach and like all this spitting in each other's faces. Yeah. Like I don't really, whatever, how this works anymore. But um, it makes me feel though like we're not canceling any races this year. Nope. Not like with that full schedule. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. All right. It's going to be hard, but it's going to be so hard. Especially us on this side. Okay, whatever. Lap two, F1 car reveals. I think the biggest change has to do with this water treatment company, (laughs) BWT, which everyone recognizes, even though you probably have never actually used this water company. They're the bubblegum pink that was most commonly associated with Racing Point. But then, obviously, last year on Aston Martin's cars, they were pink because they were one of the sponsors. Aston Martin got rid of them and now has yellow. Yeah, or like neon green type, like the athletic yellowish green. It's really cool, for the record. Um, I really like the Aston Martin um, car. It feels sporty and fun. Um, What I hate is that BWT is just like car hopping. Like, they're like, who's going to take us next? (laughs) 
And it's Alpine now. And okay, Alpine used to be all like dark blue and white, which and some you know, red for French. Yeah, like a little bit. Yeah, very French, but like kind of like boring. But that's fine. Now with BWT, there's so much pink, and it or maybe there's not like that much, but because it contrasts like the bubblegum pink on the dark blue contrasts so much, it's just super prominent. It's ugly as shit. But in positive news, um, I believe the stipulation was that this is the livery for the first like two races or three races. And then they're switching to mostly blue with like splashes oh, of pink. Thank God. I just, <laughs> BWT, so it stands for Best Water Technology. Which <laughs> it's a bit presumptuous in my opinion. And I just cannot believe how much influence and weight they carry in F1. And I also don't understand what their success rate is. Like, who is watching and is like, I'm gonna get that. Like, it's not like a customer product, is it? Like, you don't buy your own water technology. Literally like, never heard of it. <laughs> Well, it's European. They're not here, but still, like, have you ever bought, like, water technology? No, I, I assume it's, like, for government and government. businesses, but I'm just, like, I don't know. It obviously is working to some effect, but it's jarring on the eyes. <laughs> I guess, well, so other big, big new stuff is um, Mercedes has gone back to the Silver Arrow concept. Do you like it? Okay, I've only really seen like a few photos, so I'll wait to fully judge. But it seemed like the silver was a little flat, like just gray. And I feel like if you want to go for silver nowadays, it needs to be like really shiny, you know? Yeah, yeah, I agree. So. I'm also confused because historically the Silver Arrows was like the Nazi nickname yes. of the Mercedes team. And they initially got rid of it to eliminate Nazi connotations. Are we like over it? <laughs> I mean, <laughs> neo-Nazism is on it's the back. rise. <laughs> it's it's back. back, baby. <laughs> um, yeah, I don't know what they were. I mean, I like the Patronus teal, actually. Yeah, me too. And I didn't mind last year's livery, which I think was like mm-hmm. predominantly black. Yeah. Like a I dark like color. Too. But I'm like, if you were going to switch, I think the Patronus teal would have been the move. I do love the new McLaren. Yeah, it's more, I, more blue. More blue is good. Why can't we just have the golf livery every time, though? <laughs> I don't know. It's closer. They're inching towards it. Like the blue's golfy, and the orange is golfyish. Like I get that papaya is their brand. Like that, they need to do that. I just hate it. I hate orange. Yeah, I hate it too. But I will take it over BWT pink too <laughs> <laughs> um i i do think all the cars just look fresher like the yeah. ferrari just like changed just like the red is like a slightly different shade and i think it's yes yeah. nice. same with it, alfa romeo they yeah. look really fresh and they have like a big cursive like alfa romeo on their livery yeah. that actually looks really nice lap three the war in ukraine nikita and the russian grand prix Okay, let's start with Nikita. Um, the first statement he made was that thing where that things are out of his control. Yeah, it's not, not his, his fault control. personally. <laughs> it's not his fault. He's tied to a weird contract. It's not his fault that Putin invaded a sovereign nation. Not his fault. Um, and yet, somehow, it is. 
Um, there was a lot of conflict in the sporting world in general about Russian and Belarusian athletes competing um, at all. Um, the Olympic Committee said they shouldn't compete at all or suggested it. Um, a lot of sports made their own decisions. So like in tennis and the FIA both ruled that they could compete under neutral flags. But then the UK said that no Russian or Belarusian athletes were going to compete there at all. Um, and so Nikita was just like a sitting duck, like just like waiting to see what was going to happen to him. Um, and eventually, of, of course, he was fired. And Ural Kali, his father's company, was uh, removed as a sponsor. And it was just like a sad train of events. Like his birthday was on March 2nd, which I think was just after, like a week after the war started, a couple days. No one posted a thing. It was so sad. Well, to me. I know, to you. Because, <laughs> okay, we did, Nikita warmed up to us last season. Because obviously yes. there's a contingent of the internet that absolutely hates him. Yeah. Um, we don't hate him. And so we do feel sympathy. However, I really feel like this was the correct decision. And I don't have a lot of sympathy because... Only because of the fact that his father is a Russian oligarch. He's only in F1 because his father is a Russian oligarch. So if there's something that Russia, Russian leadership is doing, and like, even though Nikita personally isn't at fault, and maybe even Dmitry isn't like, has no control or any involvement in anything. It's like, he's too closely tied to the political environment for him to be faultless. I know his father was tied to like meetings right before the war or during the war, but, and I understand why I'm women. First of all, okay. I feel like I should, I'm Ukrainian. <laughs> I, feel, I feel like I could, I, I don't know why, but I am Ukrainian and I do still feel bad for Nikita. I know why they did it. I know they had to ties with Ural Kali. I know that Nikita came with Ural Kali. So logically he's gone and he wasn't good enough to keep regardless of any political ties. I just think it's sad that yeah. to to fire someone for a geopolitical issue rather than his performance, which would have been a valid reason to fire him. <laughs> yeah, why didn't they just get ahead of it? <laughs> I know. Um, so like, it just, it does make me a little upset. That, yeah. Not upset, just like, I, I understand why it happened. I understand it needed to happen. It's a business, things keep going. You don't want to, yeah. you can't be associated with that, but it does, he just seems like an unnecessary like casualty. In all yeah. of this. But there's a lot of casualties in all of this that don't right. So He's like the least, but I agree, like yeah. on a human level, of course. Anyway. Well, the odd thing is like the way Haas went about it too. Cause yeah. I mean, Nikita said he found out through Haas's press release, which I mean, regardless of why you're firing someone, you should probably tell them <laughs> directly. Yeah. You should. Because it's like again. Well, assuming Nikita wasn't personally meeting with Putin and plotting the demise of Ukraine, you can you had a relationship with this person. You could be like, hey, dude, we're so sorry, but this is what we have to do. Also, happy birthday. Yes. I did think it was weird. I this was the first time I registered that the red and blue stripes on the Haas car were for the Russian flag. I thought it was America. Usually with American colored theme stuff, usually the red and blue is more prominent, you know, typically. You're right. Yeah. I don't know why. I just never registered in my brain that it was Russia. 
You know, but a lot of countries have red, white, and blue. Yeah, I know. It could have been anything. Yeah. <laughs> um, I did like their full white livery, though. Yeah, it was good. But the thing Nikita did, should I play the video? I'll play <laughs> part of the video. Okay. Okay. At first, the FIA, the highest governing body, has allowed me to compete as long as I'm a neutral athlete. But then the team has canceled my contract. Because of this, I have decided to make a foundation that will be supporting athletes that have lost their chance to compete in a sport at the highest level because of a non-sporting decision. We will be providing jobs, financial support. All right, it basically goes on. But the weird thing is he posted that video on Instagram and he legit looks like Dr. Evil. And his Russian accent is more prominent here than I've ever heard it before. So it like just sounds so ominous and his facial expressions are so angry. I feel like this is a um, villain origin story. (laughs) I think it is. He has like the shade. I know he's always had a shave, but for some reason it looks more shaved. And I feel like a lot of villains like shave their head before they like go full villain. And his hands are clasped. (laughs) Almost like he's, yeah, like gonna plot something shysty. And he's in all black and he's so pasty white that it's just like, he looks like a Russian oligarch. Yeah. (laughs) He's really just embracing um, his calling. Yeah. But yeah, so this foundation, We Compete as One, is to help Russian athletes who are like canceled, basically. Is it just Russian athletes? I thought it was any athletes. Uh, oh, yeah. Yeah. Any athletes based on, like, political. It's sad for him. I get it. I get he's angry. I wouldn't, I would have maybe made that video for myself and, like, vented it out. And then, like. (laughs) He has a bad PR team. I assume they're all Russian at this point. (laughs) Because no one else would have done this video for him. No, if he still had his, like, Western counterparts i suppose they would have been like um the same people that told him that it was not okay to talk about or to how he had to handle that the groping video i guess we should say that we are for ukraine and that we support them and that we hope everything pans out very quickly and that it's over soon really shockingly in my opinion f1 like pretty immediately canceled the russian grand prix I, i was so surprised because it's in September, I think a lot of people thought they might just, like, wait it out. But yeah. pretty much, like, within the week of, like, the invasion, mm-hmm. they canceled it. And there's a bunch of rumors. Malaysia, like, <laughs> people within Malaysia really want it to be there, like, the replacement Grand Prix. And so they were having meetings about it. But from what I read, it was, like, internal meetings in Malaysia, not with, like, actual F1. So... We'll see, uh, but the... So just more, Malaysia was, like, chatting to each other, and we're like, we should do it here. There was literally, like, a tweet from, like, the Malaysia circuit that was, like, Pong and, like, eyes. <laughs> That's funny. People are also saying Turkey could be a contender or, like, a second race in Bahrain or Qatar. Okay, well, we have options. Hopefully, we'll change it. Hopefully, there will no longer be a war in Europe, and Putin won't blow up. The entire continent. That would be great. (laughs) (laughs) All right. Lap four. F1 shakeups. Haas replaced a blonde man with a blonde man. (laughs) K 
Kevin Magnuson is back. The last time we heard from Kevin Magnuson was actually at the beginning of preseason when he shared um, the new Haas car with Herbie Fully Loaded. Um, it's come full circle because not only is he back, but it no longer looks like Herbie Fully Loaded. That's why I thought it was America. It looked like Herbie. You know? And Herbie is the symbol of America. <laughs> oh, now we're neutral white. We're for peace at Haas. Haas is peace only. Yeah, they need to get stay out of trouble. Yes. Which is impossible <laughs> for them. <laughs> um, another shakeup. Otmar is the new team principal for Alpine. We wish him the best. <laughs> <laughs> Um, Michael Massey was fired and he's replaced with Niels Wittich and Eduardo Fritas. Um, they sound fun. Um, I think it's also important to say that Michael was not fired, but relocated to another part of uh, the FIA. That's got to hurt. But <laughs> Poor Michael. Yeah. I think he's happy, to be honest. I don't think oh, he yeah. wanted to really do that anymore. No. So the FIA also has a bunch of changes for this year. They remove the kneeling ceremony. Yes, racism is over. <laughs> racism <laughs> is solved. <laughs> On to Nazis. Yeah. Um, <laughs> they have also added a virtual race control room, um, sort of like in football or soccer, where the refs for certain incidents can review um, they will also be reassessing unlapping lapped cars. And that sounds like they hope this never happens again so they don't actually have to make a decision. Yep. They also have a permanent senior advisor to work alongside the race director. And unfortunately for all of us, the radio com communications will not be broadcasted anymore like they were last year. Yeah, they made sure to note that they will still be happening. We just won't hear them. Just like such a loss of content. I know. It was truly, truly some of my favorite moments were the radio uh, commentary last year. But we understand the decision. Um, new contracts. Lando signed a multi-year deal with McLaren. Um, the this recent extension is through 2025, so that's really exciting for him. And then Max signed a new deal with Red Bull, and it's rumored to be for $50 million. Honestly, I buy that rumor. That sounds like something Red Bull would do. And yeah, that sounds it's like, like, yeah, it's pretty on par with Lewis Hamilton. I forget what his exact salary. Yeah, I mean, Max is a world champ after all. Okay, lap five, box, box, inbox from me. <laughs> I was recently in the UAE. I spent most of my time in Dubai, which was really, really cool. Like, just like the architecture there alone is like insane. And obviously ate amazing Emirati food and just learned a lot about the culture there. But the real highlight of the trip for me was my like one day excursion to Abu Dhabi. The Grand Mosque there is super cool, but like my heart melted when we got to the Yas Marina <laughs> circuit. <laughs> it was like, okay, seriously, when we got there, 
like sunset was about to start and I was just like in love like the circuit is really cool to look at especially because in the middle of it you know there's like the water with like all the yachts and stuff yeah so it was like incredibly scenic and then to top it all off we had dinner at the W hotel that was literally overlooking the track and it was like yeah it was the most amazing like five course dinner and I mean I have to go back for an actual race? Yeah. I'm so jealous. It looked so cool. Was it even cool empty? I mean, it's my first time at an F1 track. So I think for that reason, I was just like, wow, this is what it looks like. Yeah. And also just the significance of it being like the season finale track and where everything yeah. went down last year was really special. So I enjoyed it. But like, I want to go back for an actual race because obviously that's going to be like, hundred percent different. Yeah. yeah. It's definitely, definitely weird. Something we've been talking about for a year to like actually exist. Like we've never, like it feels sort of like fake in my mind. Like it exists somewhere, but you were literally there on the track. Yeah. It's I so mean, this cool. was my first time in the middle East, Yeah, which yeah, I agree. Like obviously I knew there was like cool stuff to see in the middle East, but never like fathomed going there for real. Mm-hmm. Then I went there and I was like, just like blown away and I would for sure go back because like I just think only spending one day in Abu Dhabi was not enough yeah that makes sense I did like because I I never like wanted to go to Dubai at all until I saw your trip and I'm like oh this actually looks really cool (laughs) yeah like I think going to the Middle East seems daunting but like Dubai specifically is so it's like 90% expats and they're trying to grow their tourism industry so they're like super friendly to like especially western travelers it's very safe and cool that sounds awesome Uh, we'll have to go for a race any race really but we should go there (laughs) we can start in austin texas yeah we should (laughs) buy tickets for the record i know miami sold out yeah we've missed the boat (laughs) yeah one day soon i'm glad you had a good time it looked really fun yeah what was the best thing you ate before we move on okay you know halloumi the grilled cheese but like a thousand times better than probably the best halloumi you've had in the states yeah like the cheese it was so like it was crisp on top, you know, mm-hmm. and like caramely, but then it was so like fluffy and fresh on the inside. Really? I mean, like, yeah. And then they also always sprinkled like really fresh pomegranate seeds in their like tabbouleh and stuff like that. Oh, it sounds amazing. Yeah. Well, that concludes our digital warm up. Before we continue this episode, we're excited to announce that Boxbox F1 Pod is now sponsored by Manscaped. I think you can tell a lot about a man and his management style by his facial hair. Okay, so if we look like at the team principles, the way they skate their hair says a lot about who they are. My favorite team principle is Toto Wolf. Very clean shaven, clean cut. Christian Horner goes for more of a stubble, which is actually what I think I usually prefer. And it's also very much like christian himself and like his prickly prickly (laughs) pot sturdy so whatever you want manscaped has the precision engineered tools to help they have a new performance package that's for both below the belt and above the chest grooming head over to manscaped.com you can use our code boxboxf1pod for a 20 percent discount and free worldwide shipping balls balls 
On to the track walk. So the Bahrain International Circuit was built between 2002 to 2004, and it was designed by Herman Tilke, who is literally the designer for like every F1 circuit ever. Yeah, <laughs> or at least really a lot did. of them. Yeah. Mm, yeah. And like Yas Marina, it was built from the ground up from sandy nothingness to glory. The first race was won um, in 2004. Uh, sorry, the first race was in 2004 and was won by Michael Schumacher, of course. Um, and it's now sort of become the season starter. I think the shape of it kind of looks like a U, but like weird on the inside. <laughs> um, so like a connect, it is a U. Yeah, it's just like the inside isn't a smooth yeah, an half circle. U. Yeah. There's a lot of curves. For sure. For sure. Um, It's called the Bahrain International Circuit, which is creative as ever. So like Hannah said, it's very curvy. Um, Some of the major turns um, is uh, turn 10, which is very complex and very steep and super tight. So that will be a fun uh, corner. And then the fastest part of the track is turn 12. Um, so that will also be interesting to watch. Um, a big issue in Bahrain is the weather. Um, it's super windy and the weather changes a lot and it's at night. So finding the right tire strategy and race strategy will be, um, definitely a problem for many teams. Uh, and we personally have not been to Bahrain yet. So, um, it'll be very exciting to see what it's like. We love a night race. Yeah, we do. I don't have to wake up at four. Okay, what to expect? Well, we just finished up the testing sessions, which is really crucial for the teams because it's the first time they're trying out their new cars. And then based on what happens in testing, they make changes. The first session was in Spain. And Ferrari and McLaren did pretty well. Yeah. Mercedes and Red Bull obviously... um, were Mercedes and Red Bull, but Mercedes actually did better in the first testing session. But the second testing session was in Bahrain and Mercedes struggled a lot with performance, particularly bouncing, which is going to be a huge issue um, in the new generation cars. Lewis already has like said, he's not confident at all and that they need significantly more pace to be able to compete for wins. Which, of course, some people are like, is he just sandbagging <laughs> per use or is there actually like a major issue? I think he would have said that no matter what. Yeah. So TBD. Yeah. Um, yeah. They, they, you know, some people are like, everything's great no matter what's going on. Mercedes will underplay no matter what is happening with them. Like they will always try to seem like the underdog, even though they're never the underdog. But yeah, we'll see. Um, but Ferrari though did mm-hmm. very well and is considered the top two cars. Yes, that's going to be so exciting. Maybe this is the year. Maybe Ferrari will trump them all. <laughs> no, seriously, just based on uh, how well testing went for them and like the Charles Carlos pairing, yeah. some people are predicting like Ferrari does have a shot at winning the Constructors' Cup. I mean, that's also dependent on, like, Mercedes and Red Bull having major issues. But, like, it's not out of the question this year. 
That's pretty cool and fun. Um, We've I've, never seen Ferrari do well. <laughs> no, <laughs> we, we just know them as being overly confident for a uh, subpar performance. Um, yeah. But um, I, I don't know, but we've never seen testing before. So I don't actually know how um, telling testing yeah. is. Like how, how frequently does the performance in testing um, carry over to the whole season? Yeah. Don't know. We'll see. McLaren struggled though. Dope. Um, but that's also because Lando had to do all the driving for both cars, I think. Um, How but- symbolic. <laughs> <laughs> He's like, oh, it's last year all over again. Um, <laughs> but hopefully Daniel will be back next um, next week. And um, winning races or almost winning races. Getting points. That's yes. all. Seriously, bare minimum. <laughs> Sorry, I shouldn't be so mean about him anymore. But I, I, I see, I see you agree with Lando and have zero sympathy. <laughs> I'm trying though, because I don't think that's right. But yeah, in my heart, I'm just like, is scoring one point that hard? <laughs> Apparently, <laughs> yeah. No, I do. I really wish him the best, and yeah. I am excited to see McLaren this season but I mean right now a lot of people are just saying they're probably gonna be fourth yeah oh no wait oh wait <laughs> just they're always gonna be fourth it's always Ferrari McLaren Red Bull and Mercedes right well no like Ferrari and McLaren have been in contention for third but yeah, people are oh, saying okay. McLaren's kind of out of the league for top three right now uh-oh and that's tens <laughs> of millions of dollars according to Zach yep um speaking of so just kind of recapping a little bit of 2021 to set the stage for 2022 so the constructor standings were mercedes red bull ferrari and mclaren and there was a very contentious ending with max taking first in the world drivers championship so high drama coming in because like max probably has a chip on his shoulder to prove himself. Lewis is obviously on the road to redemption. Like Ferrari and McLaren, it wasn't like, it wasn't like Ferrari was leading the whole time. It was very close. So there's still a strong rivalry and they're both trying to like ultimately move up. So yeah. Can can I just say the press conferences that, that the guy with the least creative questions ever is just going to ask about the ending like yeah. for the next three weeks. Also George coming in. Like yeah. an eager fucking beaver. I don't know how cautious I don't know if he's gonna be cautious around like, ooh, Lewis, ooh, love me. Or if he's gonna be like, I'm great, and then try to knock everyone out. Well, be- I think for sure, like what we can expect though is like there's probably gonna be some sort of adjustment period where he's not gonna like I mean, he's not gonna be like Valtteri right off the bat. So yeah. that's why I mean, I personally think Mercedes doesn't really have a shot at the Constructors Championship this year just because of that. And I think they probably know that too, like, yeah, to some extent. Um, so I think, like, Red Bull or if Ferrari seriously gets their shit together, could potentially win. <laughs> um, imagine if Ferrari wins the Constructor Championship and Max wins the Drivers' Championship. And nothing happens to Mercedes. 
That would be that embarrassing. Would, that would be a nightmare. Yeah, it would. <laughs> For them. I don't care. <laughs> For them. That's a them problem. <laughs> Yeah, I mean, that would be super exciting for F1. I mean, imagine all of Italy if Ferrari won. (laughs) Oh, they'd lose their minds. We should go to Monza. Yeah, Monza would be super fun. Yeah. All right. So the car changes for this year included the front wing, rear wing, and floor, which were mainly adjusted to improve aerodynamic performance. The tire sizes increased to 18 inches. They also switched to E10 fuel, which means it's 10% ethanol, which is more sustainable, but it's also like a big change that it could impact the power unit's performance. So, In which direction? Um, it's just like it requires a change okay. and like, like on how the power unit works. So, and, and such like a delicate part of the car that they're like, yeah. hopefully it works correctly. Yeah. Um, the chassis was also adjusted to improve safety. Thank God, because crashes are scary and have been in the past year. Um, the other big thing people were talking about are side pods, which are obviously on the side of the car, and they direct air inside the car in order to keep the engine cool. And there's two approaches that have caught people's attention. Mercedes has super narrow side pods. Like if you look at the car, it almost looks like it's indented when it's mm-hmm. kind of meant to be bulging out like a pod. Whereas mm-hmm. Ferrari has like increased the size of their side pods and they're like huge and bulging out. Right. So, I mean, this is very engineering <laughs> related <laughs> and I don't know what to say other than they're opposite approaches and we'll see what happens. But I mean, the Mercedes narrow side pods were really innovative and different. Um, there were also a lot of FIA rule changes. So, yeah, a lot of changes, but probably the most important one as of right now is that there's frozen power units starting this year, which basically means they can't really make a ton of power unit changes. And that's because there's a new power unit uh, regulation that's being finalized for 2026. And so they wanted to freeze the amount of changes for 2022 because they want resources and like development for engines to really focus on the future instead of everyone trying to like change their engines now. Cause you know, it, it creates like a downstream effect when like Mercedes is upgrading their power unit than like Red Bull does. And like for our, so like they just wanted to avoid all that by putting a freeze on it. And mm-hmm. so now if you want to change your power unit, you have to apply to the FIA for modifications only for reliability, safety, cost saving, or minimal incidental changes. So I think this will impact the number of, remember all those power units? Yeah, that's what I was going to ask. Yeah. yeah. Okay, so basically we know nothing, Jon Snow. Um, <laughs> I'm glad you started watching Game of Thrones. <laughs> I made it to season six, and then I got nightmares, and I took a break. Okay, that makes sense. <laughs> but I enjoyed it up till then. Yes. <laughs> um, another big change, of which we've talked about a lot, is George moving to Mercedes. Um, and that he's a, a very good Mercedes spokesperson. He's a little company, company puppet. Um, and the greatest example of this 
came out a couple of days ago when he said in an interview that um, at the moment Ferrari probably look globally the strongest <laughs> and Carlos and they used a picture of him looking like perplexed <laughs> AF it's like it's t- it's typical Mercedes typical George hype up the others and come to the first race and blow the competition away which really sums up Mercedes approach to yeah. everything um I love the picture they chose he's like the fuck yeah <laughs> Uh, do you have any sort of predictions for the Bahrain race? Oh, gosh. Uh, no clue at all what is going to happen. There. And I think it's partly because of the testing question. Because like you said earlier, how much weight do you actually put in that? And, you know, it, with Ferrari, like even though they did well, things go wrong mid-season all the time. For sure. So. You never know what's going I I guess what I will predict um, is I think Ferrari will do well because of their performance and testing and because Charles is not in away. Europe. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, <laughs> and because George said so. <laughs> do you think Ferrari will be in the top two at the end? At the end of the season or at the end of the race? Yep. Season? The season. <sighs> no. But I do think they will do well. Yes, I think they solidly have third on lock. Yeah. McLaren will have to pull something out of the bag, like, intensely. Good thing we got Ferrari sweatshirts. We're prepared for any situation. (laughs) (laughs) All right, so this week at the Vox Vox Pit Stop, we're going to have to cook again. Um, I will probably be making Luquamot. Definitely yes. not how you pronounce it. Um, they are saffron donuts, although I will have to go on record and say they will probably be baked and not deep fried because well, that's, that's a lot you. of cleanup. Yeah, it's more the yeah. cleanup aspect, but yeah, I will probably be, be baking them. But hopefully they're still good. Well, I wish I had enough energy to make those. <laughs> those <laughs> are amazing. I actually had them in Dubai. and they're Oh, you did? They're good? Yeah, so good. And especially like when they're crispy with the syrup on top. Amazing. I am really lacking creativity and energy. So I'm making chicken match boost, which is the national dish of Bahrain. Um, It's basically like biryani, but Emirati. (laughs) It's chicken and rice. (laughs) It's only so many ways you can do it. Um. That sounds good. I think we did made that for one. We just we just yeah. came off a string of Arab races. So. I know we came off a string at the end, and then I just went there, and now I'm like I'm eating match boost again. <laughs> <laughs> um, soon we'll be in Europe or Australia. I think we'll be we'll be outside of the Arab country soon. I think. We yeah, like I love them. I just don't need them at the beginning end. <laughs> Yeah, they're all merged together, which makes sense logistically, but like it's a lot at once. I like to mix it up. So, but it'll be fun. I'm excited for the donuts. Same. <laughs> all right. We'll see you guys next Sunday for the first race of the season. Fox, Fox. Fox, Fox.